Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2017. I was just thinking about something and I wanted to pop into um, Anchor and record a quick segment. I didn't actually manage it, but what I was trying to do was to review um, what's known as a knowledge summary. And a knowledge summary is essentially uh, where somebody spends some time looking at the evidence for a particular topic and tries to present um, what they found in response to what's known as a PICO question, but I'm not going to get into the, the detail of evidence-based uh, practice and medicine for this segment. Really, it was more about making this broader point, which is that, um, you know, this podcast is called uh, Veterinary Entrepreneurship, and, you know, I spend a lot of my time nowadays talking about or thinking about business and entrepreneurship and so on. But at heart, I was a clinician, or actually, I shouldn't even say I was, at heart, think I still am a clinician um you know and that's kind of what I was known for really so I was somebody that um was very focused on clinical practice focused on the patients focused on the clinical team not interested in things around management and bureaucracy and and all that kind of stuff um but of course with the choices I've made to set up the referral center you know I put myself in a position where I need to be doing what I'm doing at the moment and in truth, I, I sort of feel like it is what I was meant to do in the sense that I think I'm quite suited to um, entrepreneurship and business and founding businesses and all of that. Um, it sort of feels, you know, very right and natural to me. But of course, the trade-off has been that I don't spend any time at the moment in clinical practice. And, you know, as I said before, I stopped doing clinical practice back in 2014 when I decided to to go down the path of setting up the referral center because I wanted to ensure that I could dedicate as much time as possible to the project which is obviously massive and um has been you know a daily <coughs> a daily um project ever since for the for the best part of 3 years and counting um when we look when we sort of fast forward to the hospital at the moment as things stand I am you know down to be a part-time ECC specialist at the referral center and you know the practicalities of how that all unfolds um, in reality await to be seen <clears throat> and you know I've put myself down for that for two reasons at the moment one is obviously I, I am a clinician at heart and I would love to have the opportunity to see some patients again and the other thing is as um you know a streamlined startup hospital um you know we just can't afford to be employing more people and so we're sort of saying well I can cover some of the ECC side, the emergency and critical care consultations, um, potentially in, in the evenings, on the weekends, and you know during the weekdays, depending on how we work out the rotor. So at the moment, I'm down to do that, and the question will be, you know, just how realistic is it that I can do that role and be the CEO and clinical director, etc. Um, so to my mind, or in my mind, I am sort of aware that at some point. I may actually just have to stop doing clinical practice for a period of time and stop seeing cases. Um, and the trade-off for me is very much that, you know, if I can walk around a referral centre that I've been part of the creation of and, you know, walk around with a smile on my face and with pride that every patient and everybody is being treated as well as we possibly can and that compassion and ethics are flowing all over the place, there's happy, positive energy that I will feel that that is a trade-off. So maybe there's a personal sacrifice there in terms of not being able to see cases firsthand uh, regularly. Um, but I will, you know, I'm pretty at peace with that trade-off. Of course, there's nothing to stop me from dabbling with the odd case, but, you know, you do also have to be careful that, 
you do become rusty and you lose some of your skills, except especially in a practical way. Um, and, you know, you won't be able to do what you used to be able to do quite quickly, especially when it comes to more complex things like running a ventilator, for example, and so on. Um, but even at the moment, you know, like I'm not able to do anywhere near as much uh, as I used to in terms of teaching online, producing emergency and critical care podcasts, giving CPD and so on. And so it's it's been a trade off already for quite a while. And I'd be lying if I said I'm entirely comfortable with it. But um you know what you're going to do. <laughs> you have to sort of punt some things, I think, um, focus on certain priorities for a while with a, a long-term vision and some patience in mind of what you're really trying to achieve. And it was just something on my mind. I was supposed to be reviewing this knowledge summary. Once again, I got sidelined and had to postpone it maybe later in the day. I'll um, record another update later on today. Cheers. It's uh, five o'clock in the afternoon. And I've just finished um, another meeting at yet another <laughs> services. Um, it's funny actually, because one of the things I think I won't miss uh, when we finally have the hospital is, um, you know, the traveling to meetings and the using of services and other coffee shops um, as essentially a, a hot office um, to have meetings. It did make me laugh somewhat though, because the meeting was with um, project manager for the hospital quantity surveyor and architectural technician <laughs> we were basically sat in um a starbucks coffee shop as it happens um using a couple of joint tables as a bit of a conference table um on high stools with you know people not that far away ordering their coffees and waiting for their coffees and you know it's quite a, a surreal experience to be talking to uh talking through such things but um yeah, it's by no means the first. I've lost track of how many meetings we've had in strategic services and coffee shops um, because, you know, I don't have office space at the moment. Um, I did for a while, actually. Um, I spent a year basically in the bunkers writing a business plan on my own. And uh, after a few months of that, I was getting a little bit stir crazy doing that from home. And so I had actually hired some hot office space um, in a in a shared office set up uh, not that far from home and I, I actually went there for quite a few months I used to go most days um, and it was kind of cool it, it served its purpose really because it um, broke the monotony of working for home for that period of time when you know I was mostly working on my own but I stopped using that place a while ago partly because um, it was no longer necessary I'm out and about more having meetings and so on so there's less uh, stir craziness of being at home um, and also because, you know, it's just uh, an expense that I can have, do without. So, yeah, so no office space at the moment. So I think that means, you know, coffee shops and service stations for the foreseeable future. Um, the other thing about meetings is, you know, it's a kind of, they're inevitable. You have to have them. And often you get a lot more done in a face-to-face -face meeting than you do um, on the phone, and especially via email, etc. But... Um, on the flip side, you know, that there, there can be this tendency to have meetings that essentially are not very efficient um, and, you know, where you kind of wonder what <laughs> the purpose of the meeting was. So, I mean, I'm a complete amateur at this, but I know that some people have very refined strategies for their meetings, um, short meetings, with a definite sort of action point that's decided at the end, uh, clear, you know, clearly demarcated 
topic of conversation. What are we trying to achieve? This is the conversation. We're done. Let's go. Um, and I certainly think that as the coming months go on and indeed for the future, um, I'm going to be, you know, driving that sort of an ethos more to say that we need to be as efficient as we can be with meetings, um, rather than having them for their own sake or, um, you know, just basically it's a nice chat and a great coffee. Well, not, not Starbucks. I'm not a hugest fan of Starbucks coffee, I have to say. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what have you actually achieved? Um, today's meeting was, you know, very important and then all good, but it did kind of make me laugh. And, um, thanks to a traffic jam on the M25 motorway with part of it shut, it could have been a very long journey getting to what was supposed to be a relatively close by place. But I think I mentioned Waze on a earlier episode of this podcast and, um, Waze definitely came to, to my help today to get me there and back quickly. And I just wanted to uh, pop through um, a little bit of an update and I will catch you again later. Bye. I've no idea if that's going to be, um, if you're going to be able to hear that or not, but I just had to give it a crack. Um, it's coming up to about midnight and I just got back home. Um, actually from dropping Layla somewhere and uh, sat down on the sofa to record this segment and lucky my cat made a beeline from upstairs to um, come and sit on my lap, bless her, and um, she's purring away, so I don't know, we'll see whether you could hear that on the uh, episode or not. Um, I, hope you had a, I hope you had a good day. Um, this is the, uh, the third segment of the day, I'm just, um, you know, trying something a little bit different. Um, and actually on the way driving home, I was listening to a podcast episode that reminded me about something that I've been meaning to talk about in these episodes for a while. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert on this. I should clarify that. So, you know, um, hopefully what I say is, uh, <laughs> is relatively close to the mark, but essentially it's about, um, well, let me, let me start, let me go come at it this way. Let's say you had an idea, right? Traditionally, um, and still for a lot of people, what they tend to do is to say, right, this is my idea. I think it's a good idea. Therefore, everyone else must do too. Therefore, let me spend the time, the effort, and the money building this, creating this, developing it, whatever it is, whatever it might be. And then, okay, now let me go out and find some customers for my idea. And of course, the problem with that is that <laughs> you could spend all that time, effort and money and find that nobody actually likes your idea. And, you know, this idea that you thought was so wonderful, there isn't actually a demand for it. So what was suggested was that people do what's called, you know, creating a minimum viable product or an MVP. Now, a lot of these conversations stem from technology startups, but they don't have to be about technology startups, and they can actually be um, applied to all kinds of other things. And so the idea there would be, say, okay, you've got an idea, you think it's a good idea. As soon as possible, you want to be testing this idea with potential customers. So long before you've built it completely, spend that time, effort and money, do as much as you can 
to test it, create a minimum viable product, something that's basically functional um, enough, and see what customers think. Some people even test their ideas without creating anything um, with customers. And this is all essentially part of what's known as the lean startup methodology, or actually not just about startups, but um, you know, lean principles and um, it's not just, although it's spoken of often in the context of startups, it's not just about startups. So, you know, even when you have an existing business, you can still create or you can still implement lean principles within an existing business where you test new ideas, you spend a lot of time and energy focused on customer development and just talking to your customers, testing things with your customers, basically running experiments, testing hypotheses, and doing what's called validating your learning. And then hopefully being in a situation where you can actually action what you have learned and deliver for the customers, um, you know, what, what they've basically told you that they want. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations about, yes, this can be an external new startup um, discussion. But even within big companies, you can have internal teams who are basically running lean principles around startups and creating new ideas and, um, you know, keeping that entrepreneurial vibe within an established um, organization. And... I'm going to carry on in the next segment to explain a little bit why I wanted to um, talk about this in this episode. So Lucky's um, still sat on my lap, purring away, bless her. Um, so the reason I wanted to chat about the sort of lean principles and lean startup approach was um, for two things, really. One is I'm aware of the, the concept and, you know, obviously was have been thinking about it in the context of our new referral center. Now, the referral center, um, the model kind of is what it is. It's a multidisciplinary specialist referral center with an emergency and critical care service. And, you know, in some ways, yes, you could have, or we could have taken a kind of lean approach to that and said, well, you know what, let's do what actually traditionally many of the comparable centers would have done, which is to start small with a small number of services, demonstrate a demand, grow over time, um, you know, leverage debt rather than selling equity and so on. But for reasons that I'm not going to get into here, this model that we've created for how we're going to start the hospital is the model that I believe we need. But that doesn't mean that we cannot apply, you know, lean type of principles to the hospital. And so one of the things I wanted us to do as a referral center is to remain, you know, um, dynamic and creative and essentially entrepreneurial forever. And so innovate, test new ideas, validate our learnings, talk to our customers, etc. So, you know, we're going to look at having a, a component of an entrepreneurial team, if you like, um, within the hospital. The, um, the other thing is, actually, there's two things I want to say. One is, taking me back to this kind of lean approach and the minimum viable product idea, you know, over the last couple of years, I've had a couple of conversations with friends 
who have ideas that they want to pursue, so business ideas, entrepreneurial things. And, you know, people find it very, very difficult to to accept that maybe this thing that they think is so great, you know, that others may not. And so I really, you know, was trying to encourage them that, look, you know, you should really apply a lean methodology, at least go out and talk to some potential customers, find out if they actually want your idea, what how how can you start smaller what can you what hypotheses can you test etc but you know basically it fell on deaf ears um and i can understand why because this has been the traditional model and look i i'm saying this like i you know we get it right um i look back on a couple of things i've done in my own life and think you know what if i was going to do those again i would have done them a different ways and i would have um, you know, validated them and, and talked to customers and so on beforehand. So I can see why there's a temptation to fall into this, and yet the kind of lean approach and customer development and hypothesis testing all makes a lot of sense uh, to me. The other thing is, it's slightly off track, but um, the other reason I was thinking about these sorts of things today is that I'm sort of convinced that that a lot of people probably have ideas that they would really love to have explored further. Um, Maybe they don't want to be doing a whole new different career. Maybe they do, but maybe they want to be, you know, trying to create something and seeing where it goes while still being a veterinary surgeon or a veterinary nurse and so on. And one of the things I'm keen to do as an individual going forward in the future is to try and help people, um, you know, who may be less clear about how to go forward and approach something like that, you know, give them the opportunity, help facilitate um, them so that they can, you know, maybe try and create these ideas, test them, scratch that entrepreneurial itch, as it were, um, and see, see where it goes, you know, and obviously that's a lot, that's sort of easy to say in one way and, and harder to do you know, um, as an individual, especially if you're not really sure where to start and so on. And I'm hoping that, especially when I've had some more time and experience under my belt at setting up the referral center and running a business um, and, you know, being involved in other opportunities as well, that one of the roles I'd like to play later on is to um, help facilitate other veterinary entrepreneurial ventures, as it were. Anyway, I hope you've um, enjoyed the... uh, segments over the course of today and the episode that follows from that and um, take chances be compassionate live in a beautiful state and i will catch you again tomorrow cheers bye-bye